two words. Black Adam. That's right. On today's episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, Pierre and I are going to talk about the movie that changed the hierarchy of the DC Universe. We're going to talk about Dwayne Johnson's biggest project ever, his most anticipated, the thing he's been working on for 126 years. It's time to talk about Black Adam. This is going to eventually be a full spoilers episode. There's a spoiler warning halfway through. Uh, I get a little heated in this episode. I'm just, I want to say, so excited to talk about Black Adam. And, um, yeah, I hope that you guys are as excited to listen about to listen to me talk about Black Adam. Because, oh boy, this is a really special episode. And I'm excited for you guys to all hear it. Without further ado, here is some choir stuff from the trailer for Black Adam. It's hype. Let me just tell you that. You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we change the hierarchy of power in the podcast universe. Wow. By, I don't know, though I don't know how we do it, but we just do. Pierre, how do you feel about the hierarchy of power? <clears throat> I feel like it's about the same <laughs> as it was before. <sighs> Yeah, I don't honestly know what that means, but it sounds cool. Yeah, wait, are we talking about the DC universe? Or are we actually talking about the uh, the hierarchy of power in the podcast? In the podcast <laughs> oh universe. What does the hierarchy of the po- of power in the podcast universe even look like? It's like Kevin Smith, Joe Rogan. Kevin Smith has a podcast. Oh yeah, he has he like a hundred thousand podcasts. I guess he does. Well, I feel like he does a lot of them because none of them are extremely successful. <laughs> if I had to guess, I mean, like but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I shouldn't judge him. Maybe he's very successful at all of them. Oh no, there. He does a lot of them because he can talk for hours in a day and not get tired. But like straight up, the only Ke- all of the Kevin Smith podcasts I've listened to are at the very least immensely entertaining and like. Usually very good as well. Yeah, he's a really, he's a really, I don't know, just a chill guy. Like I, I don't love, I don't love him as like an artist or whatever. But as a person, he seems like a great guy, and I'd love to. Oh, he's one of the few celebrities I wouldn't mind like talking to because I feel like I wouldn't be like heavily disappointed or whatever. I wish so much that we could get him on this podcast. And like, to be fair, I haven't tried, but I have heard at least from at least one friend of a friend who has tried. And like, it's not, it's not easy. You don't just like tell Kevin Smith, you have a podcast and he shows up, but God, I wish that was the case. I want to (laughs) get Kevin Smith on here to talk about, I don't know, Probably Raiders of the Lost Ark, honestly. Now we have a a reason to elevate our podcast to a new level next year for Kevin Smith. I guess we already had Anna Kendrick in our our list. Anna Kendrick, Kevin Smith. I feel like Anna Kendrick would be easier to get. Oh, wait, no, never mind. 
because Kevin I, I did re- I did reach out to Anna Kendrick. I never heard back. Uh, it's understandable, but like <laughs> I probably didn't reach out the right way. Um, of course. I mean, At any point, if Anna Kendrick is listening to this, come on this podcast. I want you here so bad. Yes, that would be very cool. We would respect you. We would. And I think that's In worth fact, more than whatever else you could be doing with your time. Probably I not. Gotta go, I gotta go back and check exactly what the movie was, but I already had a movie in mind to talk about with her. Too. Gasp. Uh, I think it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's The Women in from 1939 by, by George Cukor. I don't know if that's the one, but that was the one that I'm pretty sure is one of her favorite movies. I have to look back. I'm just, I'm just going off memory right now. But, uh, you know, in, in Anna Kendrick's biography, she... Um, says what her favorite movie is and i was like we should talk about exactly that movie well when when we next year that'll be our like yeah. year's resolution <clears throat> yeah when we get her on the podcast we will do that we will talk about you know anna kendrick's favorite movie yeah. with her but we're not here to talk about anna kendrick we're here to talk about Dwayne the yes. rock johnson the self the self-acclaimed biggest movie star Actually, I don't know if he's ever said that, but he really acts like it. I mean, I don't know if he's self-proclaimed biggest movie star, but he straight up is one of the highest paid movie stars currently. Oh, for sure. And he probably deserves it. He's he's created a great brand for himself. I gotta say, he is an incredible entertainer. Like, no matter what I say today, you can take away that Dwayne Johnson is an amazing entertainer. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's had a quite the extensive career. Uh, this movie, uh, they're talking about today, Black Adam is actually from what I've heard, I actually haven't really read about, but I've heard that it's been in the making for like the past 20 years or something. Um, I want to say it's like actively in the making for the last 10 or so. Cause yeah. we talked about Shazam on this show. The thing about like Shazam, uh, Shazam, Shazam's biggest enemy is Black Adam. Mm-hmm. And originally, uh, The Rock was supposed, was like uh, approached to be Shazam in the Shazam movie. But they also like pitched him, they pitched him the whole movie and he's like, well, hold on. Who's that Black Adam guy? He seems pretty cool. And so they started talking about Black Adam. And the more they talked about it, they're like, this could be its own movie. And then, you know, very shortly after the Shazam movie was announced, Black Adam was announced as a spin-off slash like separate movie from Shazam. And Shazam was announced in like 2014 and then languished in development hell for a couple of years. And Black Adam took a little longer to get off the ground, but also like came out of those same discussions. A lot, yeah, a lot longer. Um yeah, it's it's interesting by like Black Adam. I mean, I don't really know anything about the character. I just know, like you said, he's a he's Shazam's like main villain. He's like the Lex Luthor yeah. for Shazam. Um, and uh, I think like I think that would have been great, honestly. Like I think the biggest one of the biggest problems of uh, Shazam was the villain, although played by a great actor. I forget his name. Was it Mark Strong? Yeah, Mark Strong. He's always a great villain. Um, it was a little lacking, and I feel like The Rock would have been a great 
um, contrast to Zachary Levi's character or playing of Shazam, where you have this extremely goofy, fun guy versus The Rock, who in this movie, at least, played it extremely seriously. And uh, it was very much, it was, it felt very inspired by Drax in some ways. Um, we have a very tough yeah. guy who does not understand humor and he takes everything very literally. And I think that would be a tough great guy. foil for Shazam himself. Tough guy who's constantly cracking jokes, but not intentionally. Or yeah. at least it's not intentional from his character. Yeah. Kinda, I guess. I guess he kind of gets a sense of humor later in the movie, but um but yeah, anyways, it's uh it's this this movie's been a long time in the making. It's it's a very unique movie just because I think this is like DC's first real big push for like such an unknown character from what I can tell. This almost feels like they're they're Guardians of the Galaxy size risk, even though they have the rock behind it, which is probably the only reason it was made. Um, what do you mean by this feels like they're Guardians of the Galaxy? I am well, very interested in that. Oh, <laughs> just that. Um, I feel like every other DC movie before this has had, has starred a character that was very well known by audiences. The, the only one that I can think of is maybe Suicide Squad, but that had Harley Quinn, who I feel like is is relatively big in mainstream media, was already big mm-hmm. in mainstream media already. Uh, but like, I, I don't think many people I, I i like i'm a huge comic fan i never heard of black adam um i mean i'm more of a marvel fan but uh you know so this was this was kind of maybe a risky project to put 200 million dollars behind um but again it, it only happened because of the rock so i guess it's kind of cheating where it's an unknown property a relatively unknown property but you get one of the biggest stars on the planet to uh be in that movie mm. it changes things a little well, I mean, uh, friend of the show, Paolo, did some, like, posted some analysis in a server I'm in. And uh, he said that according to exit polls from uh, Black Adam, people went and saw it first because of The Rock. The second most common reason was because it was a superhero movie. And the third most common reason was that it was a DC movie. So, like, yeah. Like, Putting two, I don't know if this movie is going to make money. I actually assume it kind of is at this point, but the biggest, like it's a $200 million investment is kind of safe if you've got The Rock involved because people show up for The Rock and people show up for superhero (laughs) movies right now. Uh, Well, I think that's like, it's kind of debatable in terms of like, um, like I heard, I read about like the movie Red Notice was actually, which was like 150 million. That was going to be wide released um, in theaters until I think it went to Netflix. Um, until I think the studio saw his movie. He had two movies that came out in like 2016 or something. There was like the skyscraper movie, and there was that other one. I can't remember the name of it. I think it had the monkey. Uh, Rampage. Rampage, yeah. I think they both they they both did decently, but the thing is, the The Rock does very well internationally, specifically in China. Apparently, at least Skyscraper did very well in China. Um, and China does not give a lot of the proceeds, or they take a lot of the money from the box office. Um, so the studio makes very little uh, in China itself. So sometimes the box office can be look pretty good but then 
if it's mostly from China, then it's it's not good enough, I guess. That's what happened to Warcraft. Warcraft was huge in China in 2016. I think it made like half its money from China, but China gives like, I think 40 to 30%, maybe less of the box office. So yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's debatable. I, I guess he's like, it's, it's inarguable that again, like he's, he's one of the biggest stars on the planet. I don't know how much, um, box office pulley actually has right now though it's hard to tell uh like if you look back jungle cruise came out during covid kind of but that that bombed really hard um red notice was on netflix uh, i guess jumanji like jumanji and hobbs and shaw were really good so yeah i was gonna say Juma- uh not jumanji jungle cruise also has the Jungle Cruise also went day and date to Disney Plus, which I know didn't help any of their movies. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, I think Black Widow also didn't do great, but it was also day and date at Disney Plus. Yeah, but see, that's what it's hard to measure his his true level of success right now after the past, like, what, three years since it's been since he's had like a real movie out, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, anyways. I, uh, what, what, what is, dude, do you want to talk about what Black Adam's about? Oh God. So Black Adam's a bad dude. He's from 5,000 years ago and 5,000 years ago, he killed a king or some shit. And now he's back in action because, uh, he's been summoned to modern day Kandak, which is a nondescript Middle Eastern nation, uh, under siege by, nondescript terrorists who definitely aren't funded by anyone at all. Definitely not. not. And um, when Black Adam comes back, he's like, I'm going to kill the bad guys. So he starts killing the bad guys, but killing is wrong. So the DC superheroes consisting of Dr. Fate. uh, Oh wait, no, I'm not supposed to say him first. Hawkman, uh, Cyclone, Adam Smasher and Dr. Fate uh, come to Kondok to say, to liberate Kondok from uh, the evil Black Adam, but then they find out that there's a greater evil, and so they team up with Black Adam to stop it and save the day. It's, I don't know, I feel like if I was a more serious person who took this movie more seriously, maybe I would have described that slightly differently. But uh, honestly, like, I don't know. I'm going to let you talk for a minute, but like, I hate everything about this movie. I thought it was really <laughs> oh fun, God. but I kind of hate it a lot, actually. I, um, well, how do I say this? I thought it was kind of watchable definitely not a good movie um and it felt it felt like a lot like a core very corporate made movie um about super like it felt like an early 2000s movie but not in a good way like venom like (laughs) even venom was kind of like that was just they kind of lucked out in that side this was like it had some of those like very cliche moments, which were kind of nice, but then a lot of it, there were parts where it's trying really hard to be like, in my opinion, it tried very hard to be like a Marvel movie in a lot of ways. And I really didn't like that. I think it, 
it felt like it was referencing a lot of Marvel movies at once too. Um, like the main plot felt felt very much like Thor. It was the like classic. Uh, you had the fish out of what fish out of water scenario with like godlike fish character. out of a rock. You know how it is. Yeah, and then also like he's discovered by a couple. I don't know. Actually, is she a scientist? I don't even know what she is. A, a, she a freedom is, fighter. I think, uh, I think she's an archaeologist. Like her main job is rebel, but like she's kind of an archaeologist. I think. Yeah, I don't know. She felt very Natalie Portman esque in Thor one. Um, so yeah, that whole yeah. plot is very <laughs> cliche. There's the whole freeing the country thing was, I think, terribly done because like the Rock doesn't really fight the bad guys that much there are no bad guys like i don't know this movie wants so badly for us to believe that black adam is the bad guy he's a super he he fulfills all the same roles as superheroes do but he's the real guy he does the real shit superheroes are here to do impressive cool stuff but he's here to fight the real fight or something yeah and that puts him at odds with the superheroes but like you know there's so many parts of this movie where it's like where someone is like we need something darker because the superheroes exist in the light and they don't believe in darkness or whatever and like we keep being told that that black adam is he's he's a bad boy and like he really isn't he just (laughs) He just is sometimes kind of grumpy. Like, I don't I don't even know how to say this. It's like, he's a superhero, but he doesn't immediately like the other superheroes. So that makes him a bad guy. And the movie f- tries really hard to both make him a bad guy and make the superheroes not... Uh, make, the, make the superheroes that it portrays as the good guys not likable so that we sympathize with the bad guy instead. It's like the laziest version of trying to get you to sympathize with an anti-hero I've ever seen. Yeah, like, it might have worked better if this was, like, again, we were back in, like, the early 2000s, and, like, like we had Spider-Man. And maybe, not even, because there's so many superheroes that do kill. Like, everyone in the MCU kills, except for, like, Spider-Man, I think. Um, yeah, I think... Spider-Man might have said he has a rule against it or like not be interested. Yeah, Spider-Man in in the last Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man specifically went out of his way not to kill people. A little, he, and in he the went other to- MCU <laughs> movies, in the other MCU movies, it's like sometimes they'll be like usually the answer isn't to kill the kill the bad guy, but like the heroes aren't shying away from it. Like they'll they'll do that. <clears throat> Whatever. Yeah, it's like even Captain America kills. Like it's it's obviously like they're not full on like in this movie. I guess they're trying to very much show that he is killing people. Um, but like every like I'm pretty sure when Captain America kicks someone and then their back collides with like a metallic the side of the boat and then falls into the ocean, I think he killed that guy. <laughs> in fact, I Probably. hope he killed that guy because if that guy didn't die there. He's drown- He's currently drowning in the ocean with a with a broken spine. <laughs> so like, like it's not anything new. Like this isn't. 
this isn't some like huge revelation i guess maybe in dc i don't like i know batman and superman don't kill so maybe it's like more of a thing <laughs> superman kills plenty in this in this universe <laughs> oh yeah i guess like, batman was killing Steel, too <laughs> man of steel is like the most violent superman has ever been and batman like batman in this universe also does not exactly yeah. shy away from killing people. I forgot Batman like literally will like shoots people. I think. <laughs> like I think in Batman v Superman, there's that scene where he he like blows up. He blow. He just blows up cars with like the Batmobile's guns. Like there's no subtlety to it. He's just he's just killing everyone. Well, um, like early on, it's almost it's almost crueler because they show that dude who gets put in prison, but he's got the mark of the bat, which marks you for like. <laughs> A prison killing yeah so like even batman worse. didn't kill him but everyone in the prison did because he had <laughs> batman's mark yeah so imagine I imagine like... you pee on your enemy and that means that everyone else <laughs> that the world decides to kill them it's uh you know this so this isn't really anything new that they're bringing to the table and it felt very much i mean there's i think there's some funny moments with it they do play with it a bit um they have a lot of him a lot of the movie and i think the most interesting part of the movie was black adam versus uh the justice society first of all which is such a weird con like i i know justice society exists in the comics but it's just funny how it's it's just it's very obviously a discount justice league because they can't well the thing in in the comics and i don't want to i don't want to like harp on this movie for being close or not close to the comics but in the comics, the reason the Justice Society is cool in addition to the Justice League is that the Justice the Justice Society is like the 1950s version. Yeah. So when I heard that the Justice Society was going to be the villains of this movie, I was like, oh shit, they're doing like a Wonder Woman style thing where they're going, where Black Adam is going to be taking place in the 1950s. And this is going to be showing the past of the DC universe. And so, like, he's fighting the foremost heroes of the universe, or of the universe, of, of the world at this time. Yeah. But, like, they made it take place in 2021. So, like, it doesn't matter. It's just a discount justice society at that point. Like, who, who cares? If it was in the 1950s, I don't know that this movie would have been content-wise very different. But at least in concept, that would have been way cooler. Yeah, I think... um. Like, that's why I was really confused because there is a lot of flashbacks in this movie, or I guess. I And, like, the in the trailers, they I feel like uh, like the, the place they're in could have been, like, there there were, I guess, I, I also thought it might be in the 50s. I don't know. Um, it felt like a very timeless location. Like, there wasn't, there wasn't too many signs of modernity there. Well, I guess other than the cars. Um, but, yeah, no, I, or even, like, I think that would have been, like, it's an interesting point. Um. I didn't know that about the Justice Society, but like maybe if they were all older heroes and not just uh, Pierce Brosnan, um, mm-hmm. so you kind of have, and you might like that makes it even more interesting. Like this whole idea of the power hierarchy of the DC universe has changed because it might be cool to see like the old guard up against this new guy who uh, no one knows, you know. So um, yeah, like there there was potential there, and I, I love they they bring up this thing where. Um, Black Adam, he he comes out and he's supposed to be the savior of this country or city. I don't really know what it is. And uh, it's an oppressed city. It's owned by a company, I guess. Um, it's, 
or uh it's under so like the entire country is implied to be under siege by something called intergang but like really we only see one city we see a port city in kandak under siege by intergang and like supposedly it's you know the current oppressors are intergang before that it was someone else okay. before that it was someone else before that etc all the way down so, um, but yeah so he's brought in and he's presented or he's talked about as the savior of conduct and um as as the legend said he's going to liberate the city he doesn't really do much liberate he he destroys things i guess he doesn't really liberate anything i mean um, he kills a bunch of people that are bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, it might, it might've been more interesting if he was actively doing that, but, um, they brought up an interesting point where they, the justice society were trying to take him down because he presented a threat to the world based on his power level. Um, and based on how in the history books, he was said to have been very dangerous back 5,000 years ago or something when he originated. And, uh, and they say the, the, the female character, (laughs) I can't remember anyone's name in this. I'm sorry. Cyclone. No, no. Uh, oh, no. The other not one. Cyclone. <laughs> sorry. Uh, the science, the archaeologist. Adriana Tomas. Adriana. Adriana complains and calls them out on their hip- hypocrisy where they're like, oh, like we've been oppressed for all these years. And then the only time any superheroes come here is when they want to take someone, our savior, away from us. Meanwhile, you let us be. Uh, harassed and I guess abused by by the the oppressors that uh, hold the city right now, um, which brought in like some interesting. There was some interesting, you know, thoughts there in terms of like I don't know, like colonialism or like uh, America being like the world police force. I guess I thought stuff like that was like an interesting and, like, topic. Even like it's even a meta thing, like with superheroes. Like why don't superheroes ever look at like oppressive regimes or whatever, do they think about that? So that was like a really interesting point of view that I never thought of. And like Hawkman specifically said, it's not subtle. Hawkman specifically says we are, we enforce the international status quo or something. It's like, (laughs) damn dude, good work. I immediately hate you now. Cool. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I thought that was really cool, but then they never really go anywhere with that. Like, and I think they actually go against that because so like I when they said that at first, I'm like, OK, neat. It's cool that they're like specifically addressing that. And then not only did it go nowhere, it almost went backwards because they start by talking about how like they they bring up this American savior complex. I'm going to say Western savior complex because it goes beyond America. Like, I think. I think there's so much media that's so freaking narcissistic about America. Like, can we go five minutes without talking about America? And clearly I cannot, but still, I'm just going to say like, there's this Western savior complex. um, And then like, they come in and they're like, we're here to liberate you. But then by the end of the movie, not only have they ultimately done that because Kondok comes out on top, like liberated Uh, Black Adam goes to jail at one point during the movie. He just gives up and goes to jail. And then the real enemy was from Kondok the whole time. So it's like, 
what are you actually saying about colonialism when you bring in colonial oppressors, call them out by name, call them out as colonial oppressors, and then also say that they were right to be a colonial oppressors? Like, what are you saying mm. at that point? Yeah, well, I guess, like, technically, like, maybe in the end, they kind of learn, but, like, they, they kind of, though. well, they don't, because they were basically like, okay, we're gonna die unless black, and then, yeah, I guess, you're right, never mind, <laughs> that was really stupid, like, I, I, uh, yeah, I just wish, I wish they, that was, a, that was one, the one unique angle I think this movie could have tackled, and they really did. And I think it should have, it brings it up. And then it just kind of abandons it. Yeah. And that's what's so sad about this for me. It's like, this is a movie that refuses to take any kind of stance. Yeah. And like, I don't need all of my movies to be political. I personally believe all art is political, but not all art has to be overtly political. For the most part, Black Adam is a fun movie where a big guy punches other dudes. And that's fun. But, like, the couple of times when it tries to say something, it misses the mark so hard. And, like, additionally, just... It it says so much by... It says so much by refusing to say anything that this movie comes across as cowardly more than anything. Which sucks. Because, like, the parts it does well, it does really well. You know, big guy punching other big guys. Very fun big guy punching sequences in this movie. Mm. But like the sequences where it's where Black Adam has to face his morality are so stupid that like, what's the point of even having them there? Yeah, it's it's very well. It makes me angry the more I think it's it's not a it's not a thinker. Um, and you can definitely Not feel the rock wanted to make it as straightforward as possible. Uh, I mean, I guess you could blame this on the writer and the director, but it felt like a rock decision, if that makes sense. He wanted to make it very safe, um, not very challenging. Uh, and that's kind of what we got. Same thing with like the, the villains and stuff like Black Adam's never really challenged. Like, it's hilarious how like I don't think he was ever hurt slightly not even slightly hurt or like even had to like catch his breath or anything like no he was early on they introduce something that is a weakness oh. for black adam <laughs> yeah. they introduce I basically i was calling it to my to my buddy yeah. i was calling it iraqite because it's crypt it's like kryptonite but kryptonite is from krypton yeah and like eternium is from iraq it's from, yeah. so it's iraqite and like you know he gets stabbed with it and that hurts him that knocks him out for a day so, like, he's got this weakness right away that no one else in the movie has. So he, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, never. And even though there's, like, a huge mining facility for it, it's never... Actually, it's used again, but as a shield for some reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which bring, it comes up really randomly in, like, the, the second act. Um, yeah, there's, like, that, that was weird, too. But, yeah, he... He fights the Justice Society multiple times. He never really looks like he's having a tough time. Um, and he fights the main villain. I won't, I guess I won't really say who it is, but like the main villain only really pops up and is able to fight in like the last 15 minutes or something. And I mean, is it a spoiler when the main villain is every super, super hero villain from the last 
superhero movie villain from the last 15 years. Well, like, not even because at least they got more screen time as, like, the main villain. This guy, like... Man, the the further away we get from Obadiah Stane, the more I start to appreciate how good of a villain Obadiah Stane was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like him that much after seeing Iron Man, but, like, uh, yeah, the more... We've the, gotten way worse. Yeah, yeah, and this was one... There was there was some cool, like, I think the one... There was one part that was kind of interesting where um, to activate the powers, he there's, like, this message where he has to it was kind of i didn't see it coming where he has to i mean okay i'm just can we just can i just this is a mild spoiler i don't think anyone cares at this point he's if you go into this movie and you don't want to be like what are you getting spoiled for in this movie like come on there's a there's a scene or the there's a thing on the crown where the holder has to die to receive the powers it's like um what the saying is like the path to life is death but everyone thinks it's the path to death is life or something like that. The only path to death is life is what it says. Yeah. But if you turn the crown upside down, it says the only path it. to life is death. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, it, it's dumb, but it's actually kind of cool. Like, I get it. Yeah, I, I feel like um, if there was more to the villain than evil twirly mustache guy if even actually he's not even like evil he just seemed like a very normal guy like i don't, I don't even know how to say it he felt like a very direct to dvd villain yeah. which sucks because i feel like there was potential there he's he's supposed to be a great terrorist or something but or am like the reincarnation not reincarnation but functionally the reincarnation of a five thousand year old king yeah and like He's kind of just not in the movie. He's just kind of a guy. He, he reminds me a lot of the villains from, uh, I don't know, Cap uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I guess. Or he's, he just he he feels like a, a model for the Gap or something that just kind of was around around set and he had he, they, they gave him a couple him lives. <laughs> so they gave him demon powers. Which, by the way, the demon looked terrible. Like, I have you seen the Lil Nas X music video? Where he, I have. where he goes to hell I and, he, have. and he like gives a lap dance to, to the devil or whatever. Why don't that, they just hire Lil Nas that, X to be the bad guy? That devil? literally looked like I think the Lil Nas X one actually looked better because they used practical effects for that, whereas this was purely CGI and looked absolutely abhorrent. Like it was like a video game character. Um Yeah, that that was like okay, villain was bad. Uh a lot of the kid, the kid that the rock um interacts with a lot is probably like i know marvel has been bringing in a lot more kids lately i don't know why movies keep doing this by the way i don't think it's very rare for me to enjoy a a child in a movie especially a blockbuster movie Mm -hmm. so like why do they keep marvel's bringing in a ton of kids i think they're trying to set up like the young avengers or something like that but why this kid was so unnecessary and annoying also so bad such a bad actor (laughs) like so there's so many points in this movie where i don't i don't know how they filmed this movie exactly but there's so many points where his audio is i want to say clearly adr'd in Mm -hmm. like it's so it's it's mixed so differently than the rest of the movie sometimes that it's actually jarring and then there's a couple of scenes where he's just like Oh man, the funniest scene in the movie to me is the kid like he's 
he's he's supposed to be leading a revolution or something and his mom just hears him say hey and then she looks over at him and he's like coming in on a skateboard (laughs) boredest kid i've ever seen and behind him is just like a bunch of dudes with torches running yeah it's the funniest thing in the world and it's because like it's it looks so stupid. There's also the scene where he's giving that rousing speech to the crowd to get to rally them and to to free Kadak or whatever it's called. It's like, hey, we have been oppressed. We should <laughs> save Kandak. It's like Black Adam is here for us. What are you doing? And then he like puts his hands up in an A. Yeah, it's like he was it's like, so dark. um, it's like he was speaking to like a. Class. it's like it was like a you know in grade five when you give a speech to the class or something like that it's like an assignment yep. that's what it felt like where it's like it was very cringy and awkward and there was no way that would rouse anyone and then he he, he rallies them to fight these demons that for some reason like you they die if you hit them with like a pipe once and then they're they're dead there's a scene where the brother of adriana or whatever her name is uh who got shot by the way he got shot and then like in the next in like 20 minutes later he's like fighting demons with a pipe and making a joke out of it and i want to say he takes out like 20 demons and these were supposed to be like demons from hell that were gonna ravage the city and this guy took out 20 of them without even trying (laughs) anyway sorry i feel like i'm like stacking on like just problems that like and i'm not really going anywhere but yeah there was it's like this movie does such a weird it doesn't even really do a 180 halfway through it just like just refuses to make any point like at a certain point like this movie starts out with americans coming in and trying to liberate a country they have no business being in but then as the fight goes on it turns out the actual bad guy was the person already from that country. But then it turns out the actual, actual bad guy was the person already from that country. And now you're being invaded by demons who have no socio-political power at all. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, if you're being invaded by zombies, who cares? Everyone knows that zombies are unambiguously bad. Yeah, It's like, at that point, you're not making a point anymore. You're just like... Oh, uh, we got we got twenty minutes left. Let's finish off this movie. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been much more interesting to see um, Black Adam just straight up, and maybe like like contract like black. You'd have Black Adam. You'd have the Justice Society, or it's kind of like the morally gray people. They don't really take a side, and then you have the the oppressors with the Eternium who are fighting, um, and the Rock has to liberate Kada, whatever it's called again. Um, without it while keeping the people safe and fighting the people or fighting against his weakness i guess which is eternium which is uh, again like i said earlier that there's like a lot feels like a lot of marvel ripoffs here eternium felt very vibranium ripoff very wakandan because it also fuels a lot of their tech uh their Mm sci-fi tech which was weird there was one other i feel like there was another movie i felt i mean they have an ant-man character in this too um who was very much like Paul Rudd. He felt like a Paul Rudd. He felt like discount Paul Rudd. I don't want to say it. Um, I he mean, the goofy he was, guy. <laughs> he was played by Noah Centineo, who, let's be real, I'm like very happy to see in things. Oh, I don't know that he he's that good of an... 
he's from a bunch of Netflix rom-coms. Oh, like, I don't know if he's actually any good, but he's in a (laughs) lot of movies that are really bad. Mm. So I'm excited to see someone come from Netflix rom-coms straight into a superhero movie. I mean, he was... I I hope to see more of them. He was fine. He just, he didn't have anything to do. He was kind of there. And then also, again, he just, he just felt like a a Paul Rudd uh, stand-in. Um... Yeah, I yeah. can I say I, I thought okay I thought the guy for Hawkman was all right like I think he, there was potential there and I think the actor was fine I think he just needed better lines than like I'm taking you down <laughs> stuff like that he needed he needed to have anything written for him yeah he felt so like <clears throat> the actor is great I've seen Aldous Hodge and other things he's fantastic the character of Hawkman is also really cool in the comics. So, like, the character's good, the actor is good, the script, having him have lines like, heroes don't kill people, I'm taking you down, you and me, we got business, or whatever. It's like, there's nothing good about that. He's the most bore. he's at the most charitable thing I could say is that he's the most boring hero in the DC universe. That is the nicest I can possibly be to Hawkman in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. I I think his powers are interesting. I think it's cool that he seemed like an interesting like leader. Um, So like kind of an asshole leader, but like, do you, do you know much about Hawkman? No, I, I know hot girl from the justice league show. Yeah. Hawkman and Hawkgirl have some of the messiest history in DC comics overall. Like, not just in terms of their relationship. That as well. But because of, like, constant real-life mergers and not knowing how to deal with those characters. Mm -hmm. At this point, Hawkman and Hawkgirl have, like, three competing origins each. (laughs) And the most common one ends up with them being the only characters in the DC universe who fully embrace reincarnation. Mm. So they are also 5,000 years old because they are aliens who have been reincarnated many, like who like came to earth, came to earth in Egyptian times and have been reincarnated constantly ever since. Yeah. Which is like, that's comic book shit. You can't do it's anything like that outside of comic books. Yeah. But it's super cool if you can adapt it. Yeah. I... It's, it's a lot more interesting <laughs> than I'm putting a team together because we don't kill people. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like when you bring that up, it might've been interesting in terms of uh, being able to somehow link his character to the history of black Adam or black Teth or whatever his name is. He's literally the, he's literally like Beth the best. Adam, but sounds like he's literally like the best character to do that. And then they, it's like they, they I don't know that I don't know that it would have been a good idea. I I don't know. I legitimately don't know if it would have been a good idea to link to give Black Adam history with the Justice Society. Mm-hmm. But Hawkman is literally the only character who could have done it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. Well, I guess you could have done Doctor Fate too. With the helmet. Right, because his helmet's like a billion years old. Yeah, uh, which they also don't do. Um, speaking of Dr. Fate, though, I loved Dr. Fate. Oh, my God. It actually felt like, to me, it was almost like I wish this was what Dr. Strange was in a weird way. Um, especially now that I don't like Dr. Strange as much anymore after the last <laughs> movie. Uh, 
it felt like a really good rendition of i mean i think pierce brosnan like every scene he was in i was enamored by um he brought so much charisma in my opinion and like uh he took the character really seriously he played it straight he didn't it he didn't um he didn't like cartoon he didn't make it cartoony at all but but he also didn't play into like it didn't seem like he was embarrassed by it either. Like he, he just did very good. And I love this idea of like this older, wiser um, guy to contrast a lot of the young in this movie when a lot, especially when a lot of the young was very annoying. <laughs> um, it was cool to have him as like the, the moral center of the whole thing. And I love the way his powers worked and stuff. Um, I like, I would love to watch a Dr. Fate movie because there was so much more there too. Like I love this idea of the helmet, um passing on through people and like having its own conscience and stuff is like really interesting and i think like he should have had his own movie if anything if i'm gonna be honest yeah i i agree that he's the character with the most potential in this movie uh i personally thought pierce brosnan felt like he was collecting a paycheck like Pierce Brosnan collecting <laughs> a paycheck is still way better than a lot of other actors collecting a paycheck. Yeah. But like, I did not get, I think, let me try and break down what you said. So like him taking the character seriously, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Him like bringing something to the character. I also agree. I feel like the script he was given allowed him to be at best discount dr strange and like for what it's worth his portrayal of this character you know i wouldn't begrudge anybody you least of all who says that like this portrayal of of dr fate is a better portrayal of like a mystic doctor than dr strange but like i just feel like there was so much in the background that they did not care about that with dr strange at least like he's got personality. And mm. in this movie, I did not feel that with, I, I felt like Pierce Brosnan was really trying to bring personality to this character, mm. but that this, but that the writing was like allergic to giving any characters anything to do. I don't know. I, I just felt like he, uh, I want to say it. He had, he had good, like, I liked his chemistry with people. I actually liked him with Hawkman a lot. I thought they had a really cool, like companionship. Mm-hmm. Um, that they respected each other, but they also obviously disagreed heavily with um, everything the other person did, you know? <laughs> and they had a really sweet moment at the end, I think, too. So I don't know. There was... like I, I guess I get what you're saying, where uh, he he definitely does kind of feel like a discount Doctor Strange in a lot of ways, too. Which I think that's just unfortunate, though. Like, I don't know much about Doctor Fate, but um, I don't know how, how else they could have done the character. But... Uh, yeah, I don't. I maybe it's just the character himself too. I liked how he seemed to be the only person that seemed like a real person and wasn't some cartoonish, uh, bozo put on screen. That a lot of like basically every character felt like. If I'm gonna be honest, there's a lot of stupid people in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, was, I mean, I I feel like that's. That's it. You want to talk about Amanda Waller being in this for like 30 oh seconds in like what Viola looked like da- they filmed in a FaceTime or something. <laughs> Viola Day. I don't, I, I have never gotten the impression harder 
that someone does not want to be in a movie than Viola Davis in like in in low budget DC movies. Not low budget DC movies. Low performing DC movies. Specifically this one, but like she keeps showing up in DC movies and like it's probably partially her character because Amanda Waller is supposed to specifically be unlikable. Mm. But like she showed up in this movie and she's like, what do you think? Man, that Black Adam guy don't like him very much. And then she left. Yeah, basically. I don't I don't really know why. I, again, I really don't understand why they're trying to make this a connected universe and like pretend like it is because none of it. I mean, I guess maybe it's maybe the maybe she was added in reshoots once a, a certain character was brought in at the end to kind of connect this to the DC EU more. So um, I just which would explain say, the briefness of her cameo, but I I read on the Wikipedia today. Oh God, where is it? I read on the Wikipedia today that um, oh, what did Rock Johnson say? Uh, Dwayne Dwayne Johnson say? Um, Dwayne Johnson said something about here. He stated Black Adam serves as the first film in phase one of a new storytelling initiative in the DCEU. <laughs> and like, why? I guess that kind of lines up. The, the DCU had recently had a new change in leadership where I think the guy Hamada left, um, who was the old... Hamada? Hamada yeah. left, who was the old like Kevin Feige producer, main producer of the universe. He's been replaced by James Gunn and some other guy. Um, Hamada left the day that Black Adam came out. Yeah, so I guess that's their idea of um, restarting it because now that it's it's taking it or probably taking it much more of a different creative direction, from what I can tell. Even though I feel like you would think the Flash would be the first movie. I guess the Flash was supposed to come out before Black Adam, maybe. Um, Originally, I think. Yeah, that would yeah. make more sense because that that seems like a better place to kind of reboot the DC universe. But um, yeah, it should be interesting where they go next. I don't know where they <laughs> go next. I don't really care. Like this movie does not make me more excited for the future because this was very much more of the same the D- DC universe that we know is very mediocre, a lot of overly over, over emphasis. Like this felt very much like a Zack Snyder movie too, in a lot of ways, like there, the emphasis on slow motion, a lot of dramatic shots. They have this really weird. I hate when they add that really gray filter over the scenes in the past or whatever. They do that a lot in like historical movies. Um, but it absolutely looks terrible. And I know Zack Snyder likes that filter too. So I don't think I agree that this felt like a Zack Snyder movie. I think this felt like someone trying to make a Zack Snyder movie. Sorry, yeah, that, I should have because, said that. Because like this movie, I think maybe my biggest problem with this movie, and I don't know, I'm probably going to say that about, about a bunch of biggest problems with this movie. But like, Every other movie in the DC universe has felt interesting in some way. Like, not always for the better, but Wonder Woman had, like, an interesting hook. It was, like, it was world, it was a superhero movie in World War I, and it was fine. 
but like you know it was it was something different we hadn't seen that before they specifically went out of their way not to make a world war ii movie and instead make a world war one movie yeah wonder woman 1984 i loved a lot i think it had like a lot of interesting weird spirit going for it it uh, wasn't very good but i really loved it uh superman or not superman man of steel was like a completely different direction for superman again i hated it i hated that direction for superman but it was interesting it was not a superman we'd ever seen before batman v superman was not a superman nor a batman that we'd ever seen before and again for as much as i don't think it was very good it had a lot of interesting things going for it and like this was a marvel movie and that's it. Like, there's, I don't think, I don't, I think the, I, I'm, I'm, I know the character of Black Adam. I know that Black Adam could be an interesting movie if they really wanted him to be. But like, I don't think this was it. I think this was just, I don't know, big scary guy from the past encounters new, encounters good guys from the present. Yeah. And they find out that really they're not that bad. They're not, they're not that different after all. Let's fight a demon. It's like, that's Marvel movie shit. It's not necessarily the worst thing. You can execute a movie like that well, mm -hmm. but it's also really easy to execute a movie like that very badly. <clears throat> and I think, and personally, that's my impression of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I DC is in such an odd position where I, I really just feel like they... They are constantly trying, changing their direction and trying to keep up with what Marvel's doing rather than carving their own lane with what's working, like like, like making more movies like The Joker and Batman. Um, mm -hmm. Which I, I will say, like, like some of, like, those efforts were, like, really cool. I, I wish they would make more of those. But, like, if you look at, like, like, from the start, like, you had Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, which were heavily influenced by the Dark Knight movies in terms of wanting to be more like like dark and gritty, um, which was kind of one direction. And then once Batman v Superman failed, they wanted to do a complete like 180. And then they were like, oh my God, Guardians of the Galaxy was really funny. Let's make our movies like that. So they got Suicide Squad and they got the Justice League to be more like the Avengers. And then that didn't work out. And then they're like, oh my God, what do we do now? We got to change direction again. Um, it's just like every single movie feels like a ripoff of a previous Marvel movie. Like, like Aquaman felt very much like, like Black Panther inspired. I mean, like, obviously that, that sucks. Like there's not much you can do there, but Shazam felt like a Deadpool kind of knockoff in my opinion. Nah, Shazam was great, dude. Well, there was something about Shazam that just didn't really, like, it's a, it's an enjoyable movie, but like, I've never felt tempted to watch a scene from it again or or get into it because I, I feel like so much of it is just making it's like it's like it's superheroes but like fun and like we're not taking it seriously but i feel like that's a big part of deadpool like deadpool did that first yeah better, so i think like sense. but with shazam so i'm really surprised that the rock didn't go with shazam when he was offered it not that like I don't know. I don't think it necessarily would have been better than what we got, but Shazam, like I really love Shazam because Zachary, like first off the kid who plays Billy Batson does a really good job in that. Like 
in in the more grounded scenes. And then Zachary Levi is so good at playing a 10-year-old who's in the body of a 40-year-old, but who's also super jacked. Like, Shazam doesn't take itself seriously in a good way. Like, it's a movie that's like, it's a movie that's supposed to be fun, but in doing that, it also, it, it manages to say a couple of things and also, like, be a fun movie because it has someone who's having fun in the role. And like, I know that Dwayne Johnson is having a lot of fun playing Black Adam, but Black Adam is such a dour character for like no reason and requires or like demands such a dour world around him. This is a movie about terrorists taking over a country and like a guy who fights back against terrorists. There's nothing fun about that. And like, could you make that fun? I don't know how, I guess maybe, but like they don't try and they don't they shouldn't necessarily try to make Black Adam a fun movie. But when it's not a fun movie, you have this like dour bullshit that tries to say something and doesn't at all because it's like a bunch of Americans talking about how bad America is in Iraq and like they're not wrong they're just not really the people that need to be telling that story I don't know I got sidetracked but like yeah it's not the greatest story for a superhero movie to tackle if you have all this other stuff going on um yeah anyways I guess uh the power hierarchy (laughs) of the DC universe I guess it technically changed but like I feel like no one really cares, you know? I they, think... they tease the next movie, and I'm going to be honest, even though they, uh, I mean, I'm just going to say that they got, they got Henry Cavill back as Superman. I don't really care. <laughs> I love Henry I'm... Cavill, but I don't yeah. care about seeing him fight Black Adam, like, at all. And I think, like, yeah. if this really is the first the first movie in a in the next in the first phase of the DC uh, extended universe, I guess that's cool. Like, I think the biggest thing that Marvel has going for it, for better and worse, occasionally, is its consistency. Like, every Marvel movie that comes out, I have enjoyed. There have been there have been no Marvel really? movies that have like there's been no Marvel movies that have come out that have made me physically angry. Oh, like, that's fair. Okay. The the movies that come out that are like even the Marvel movies that I don't really like that much, I'm like, it's fine. It's inoffensive. I can watch it and not you know feel bad about myself. I guess at its best, Marvel is legitimately good, and at its worst, Marvel is fine. Mm-hmm. And like, if that's what DC is going for, okay, I guess that's better than being wildly inconsistent and having no vision. I but guess. you know, I guess I guess that's fine. I'm just, it's just hard to be excited about because it's like, I don't know, I don't care about a, I'm I'm not super interested in a billion dollar company putting out multiple movies that are fine and don't say anything. Yeah. I don't know. I can't expect a billion dollar company to put out multiple really good movies all in a row, but like it's hard to get excited about 
the hierarchy of power in the DC universe changing, if that doesn't mean, if that already doesn't mean anything and it's just changing to mean even more nothing. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I recently listened to a podcast where uh, our friend Rachel Ho said that movies used to not have to be about anything. They used to just be like, you could just have a movie that was fun. And like, I think Black Adam is close to that. It feels like it wants to be about things at some point. And so I almost feel like me being as extremely harsh on this movie as I feel like I've been over the last hour is maybe not fair to this movie. Maybe this is a movie that's just like, maybe people just want to have fun at this movie. And by all means, they should. Like, it's got a lot of fun. It's it's got like good fight scenes fun action, you know, passable CGI. You know, you can walk into this movie and enjoy it. I remember the the second time I watched this movie, because I've seen this movie twice now. Like, the second time I watched this movie, I was having a lot of fun (laughs) in the the action scenes. Like, as soon as... After you've sat through 20 minutes of garbage and Black Adam finally exists in the movie universe, the next hour is pretty awesome. The parts after that are less awesome, but like there is a scene where Black Adam rips a demon in half. That's cool. And like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't expect more from this movie, but also like it feels so sad to not expect anything from to to not it feels so sad to go into a movie, watch it, you know, not enjoy it and then be like maybe I shouldn't have had hopes for this movie. <laughs> Maybe I should just allow movies to be bad or not, or, or to be like just fun and that's it. And like, maybe, but also, I don't know. It's a sad way to look at movies. I think that's fair. I, I thought it was like enjoyable. Like I, I, I mean, I went into this with very low expectations. I thought I felt like at least I could laugh at how bad it was at times. Like it took itself so seriously that it was kind of funny. Um, because stuff like the demon, <laughs> the demon, the way the demon looked, and the speech, the speech to rouse the crowd. There's there's that scene where, um, you know, when when they have the plot twist. This is another spoiler. Uh, when they have the plot twist, and it turns out the son transferred his powers to his dad to give him, and then the son gets shot with an arrow. Like literally, the second he transfers over his powers, and it's. I like burst out laughing in the theater. It was actually so. There's some parts of this that are hilarious. Um, it's in like, it's it's like it's just schlock. Like I don't know how, to, how else to say it. It's very, it's very dumb schlock that you can kind of enjoy. I think it's the the biggest thing that prevented me from enjoying it as much as like say like Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Is I think this movie's way too long too. Like there's a after the part where he gets frozen, it's just really weird how there there's the part where the sun or the, the, what was it? Black Adam almost kills the sun and then, or the kid. And then he goes into prison or whatever. And then it's like 10 minutes and it feels like the movie's ending. I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. Actually. Like, I don't know where this is going. Like until he's brought back and whatever, but uh, that, that whole part. And after that, it felt really, really long. And I couldn't believe this was like only a two hour movie. It felt like it was like two and a half hours. But also, if it was like an hour I, and a half and it just had all that stupid shit in there, it would have been very enjoyable, I think. 
Also, I really hate how, like, when Black Adam comes back, you know, Black Adam gets his powers from saying Shazam. Mm-hmm. And, like, when they when they imprison him, they put a muzzle on him so he can't say Shazam. But then he <laughs> escapes from his prison. And, like, <laughs> he just beats the shit out of people anyway without getting his powers back. Like, I think... The way it was in the movie, it would have been mostly way funnier, but I think it would have been way better if, like, he's actually depowered when he's depowered. Yeah. Like, as a as as a skinny man who's not even played by The Rock, he shouldn't be able to like beat the shit out of dudes who need who who are there in a who are in a supervillain prison. Yeah, this like, ordinary guy. Broke out of his prison, beat up 10 guards with his bare fists, and they were all padded. They had armor and guns and stuff, and he beat them up. He also had that thing in his mouth, like the pipe in his throat or whatever. So he fights them. And then before even saying, he doesn't take the pipe out of his mouth to say Shazam. He jumps into the water, (laughs) which is like, I think he's at like the bottom of the ocean. And he waits to swim to the top to say Shazam when it's like there's no swimming to the top (laughs) would have killed him yeah exactly but it was hilarious like this I was like this makes no sense he's like it's not even like he's not even like the size of the rock like he's not like a normal person size of the rock when he's out of prison he's like a not a scrawny guy but he's a lot thinner you know he's like he is legitimately played by a different actor yeah it's, uh, he's a normal guy. They CGI guy. the Rock's face on him, but he is a different actor, which I yeah, thought was so, really funny. It's like, so I, I just love how the Rock, like the Rock's, like even even when I'm depowered and I'm played by a different actor, if it has my face, I'm not allowing myself get beat up by anybody, um, other than the water or something. <laughs> it's like they added the water just to give him some kind of conflict, but it couldn't be a guy challenging the Rock because then it would make him look weak. You know, if that makes sense, like, and that would have yeah, gone against his contract. The water almost took him out. Yeah, right. <laughs> no man can take me down, but natural elements are okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was didn't he play? Wasn't he? Didn't he play in that movie 20, 2012 or something like that? Was that was he was in like some post apocalyptic movie or apocalypse? He was definitely movie. in a post. Well, he was in San Andreas. Yeah, which that was one. About a huge. That's plot. probably why he took that movie. He was like, wow, you're telling me the main conflict is me fighting the literal earth? Okay, that's okay. <laughs> I can allow myself to be beat up by that or challenged by that. Yeah. Anyways, I, uh, you know, uh, this was a very filler movie in my opinion. Um, I'll probably give it like a 3.5 out of 10. I uh, don't want to watch it again, but I didn't have a terrible time watching it. You know, like it, this was no Thor Love and Thunder. Like when you said like Marvel movies are always enjoyable. I would rather I'd watch this movie twice before I saw Thor Love and Thunder once. My God. Yeah, I, I can actually agree with that. I would. I don't know. I'm I'm not changing my rating for this movie. I have which I haven't said yet, but like. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would much rather watch this movie. This movie has way more rewatch value than Thor Love and Thunder by a long shot. Oh yeah. Even than like other with Thor Love and Thunder. I'd rather watch this than Doctor Strange again too. Like No, Doctor Strange holds up. Okay. And Doctor right. Strange 2 Let's is okay. Is. <laughs> Sorry, Doctor Strange 2 I meant, not Doctor Strange 1. I like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange 2 has some cool directing choices in it that like Doctor Strange 2 has some moments that are gifable because they are cool, not because <laughs> fair, they yeah. are silly. 
Yeah. Anyways, I guess that's the movie. What, what's the next one? Is it? Oh, it's, oh, I uh, didn't. I didn't. Hold on. I didn't give my rating. Oh, sorry. This movie. My bad. Go I'm going to give this a flaccid one out of ten. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. You really didn't like this movie. Yeah, I think it's bad. Wait, what was I Thor then? Bad. Oh, you'd rather rewatch this than watch yeah I, okay, I, I i would like I, that's why i said i'm not changing my rating of this movie to accommodate for thor love and thunder because i probably gave thor love and thunder like an okay rating you know like a three or something yeah but like no i'm, I'm not changing my rating for this to be higher than uh, thor yeah, love and thunder do that. Do that. <laughs> and like this is this is the kind of movie that it has it has plateaued at that rating I'm, if I watch it again, it might go up. I doubt it, mm-hmm. but it's not going down. Yeah, well, Thor: Love mm-hmm. and Thunder. If I watch it again, it may go down. Actually, that's very fair. Uh, um, so next week is I. I specifically requested a movie. It's one of the movies I saw at TIFF, and like every time I think more about this movie, it makes like the more I think about this movie, the more like actually emotional it makes me. So I mm-hmm. want to. I want to try and watch like I want to I want to try and watch this movie right before we record it cuz I think I have a lot to say about the next movie that I specifically requested we talk about. Uh I want to talk about The Banshees of Inisherin. Very cool. Which is the new uh is the new Martin McDonough movie. Very exciting. He hasn't done a movie in a while so this will be cool. Yeah, I guess he hasn't, eh? In like 6 years I want to say. I don't know oh, five years. because his last his last one was uh, Billboards. Yeah, 2017. Oh, yeah. Anyways, what's the, what's the last word? Two words. Black Adam. <laughs>